It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. So that takes us to the would you rather, and I'll set it up a little differently for you guys. I'll use some numbers to do that. Okay. Um, Oddly enough, we have a six-game body of work for both this year. So you can, I mean, if you want to factor in Watson's past, you can do that. But this year, Watson in six games, seven touchdowns, five picks, Mm -hmm. 1,100 yards, record three and three. Purdy, 13 touchdowns, so almost double. Four interceptions, so, you know, considering the number of passes he's thrown, it's still fewer pass interceptions per per attempt. He's got 1,374 yards, and his team in games he has started is Mm 7-0. His playoff line, I don't know if you built a graphic for this, but his playoff line, we'll throw that in there too because that is what he's done this year, and that's the question. Um, looking at what they've done this year. It's coming. In one playoff game this year, yeah. he had uh, three touchdowns. He threw for 332 yards mm-hmm. and a quarterback rating um, of 131, a rating of 131.5, yeah. you know a QBR of 89.5. You know what's interesting about this question? Kudos to Mikey McNuggets. It's one of the five dumbest questions I've ever seen <laughs> in the history of sports radio because only an idiot would take Brock Purdy over Deshaun Watson. Any, yeah, personally. any Tom, Dick, and Harry could be good for a few games in the NFL, especially with uh, uh, an elite coach. And Wait, we have an elite offensive coach, don't we? We don't. Oh, I thought we did. <laughs> we have a good coach, okay. I think. But I thought unproven. offensively we still kind of looked at Kevin Kyle as Shanahan. an elite not based to on mention, what he did with backup quarterbacks. Not to mention. I, I didn't say thank that. Thank you, Jay. <laughs> not to mention that, Kyle, that the 49ers probably have – if not the best roster, not including quarterback, certainly top four. Well, it's right? funny you say that because in yeah. the beginning of the season when we compared, we did a whole segment where we right. compared the Browns and the Niners. Yeah. And you said that the Browns had and the better you know roster. what was interesting about that? That I, along with the rest of you, embarrassed ourselves by saying that. Yeah. Now, uh, in fairness, they added Christian McCaffrey during the season. Which we didn't which know as part of Which is a massive addition. Yeah. We didn't know at that the time. The one thing that we said that the Browns had a huge advantage right. on was running back, right, which is that no longer exists. That's not the case. But so, tight ends, we got a top three paid no. tight end. They have a top three no, paid. But, uh, George tight Kittle's end. a million times better yeah. than Joku. We know that. Okay, but they got better paid receivers. around the same amount of money. They got the and the, it, everything about plus their defense is obviously a million times better than our defense is. That's the way it played out. Right, right, but, right. But when we were just looking at names and right, yeah, but well, I'm we not. were biased. We know the Browns better than we know the Niners. The bottom line is. Uh, Brock Purdy is was a seventh round pick for a reason, and we could. He bring, was Mister Irrelevant, wasn't he? Yes, he was. We could bring up Tom Brady as a, a, pick one ninety nine. People missed. Yeah, but that's a rarity, right? Almost every good quarterback in the league is a first or second round pick. Usually, there's, yeah. there's very few. The only good starters that were not that high are Tom Brady, Kirk Cousins, who was mm-hmm. I think a fourth round pick. And Dak Prescott, right? Aren't those in the, the league only... now? Right. Okay. Well, but Kurt if you Warner, look, it happens though. If you, I mean, have Kurt Warner was in the arena league. Of course, it happens. And, but and it's maybe, a rarity. Maybe it's a rarity because it hasn't happened in a while. Maybe right. this is the next and one. It might be uh, right. Um, maybe or, Brock or, Purdy or, turns out. But or, the odds are that this is a small sample size in a perfect situation with a perfect coach. Right. And that Deshaun Watson, who's never been in a perfect situation. Right. Uh, has Brock Purdy outplayed Deshaun Watson these last six games? Of course he has. There's no, the, no the numbers are pointless. He's obviously played better. He's on a better team. He hasn't been sitting for two years, and he just flat out played better. But going forward, there's no uh, team in the league, unless you're just morally opposed to having Deshaun Watson. Yeah, take that part of it out. There's no, then there's no team in the league that would take Brock Purdy over Deshaun um, Watson. So, here's the funny thing about this. Like, 
We don't know yet. This yeah. is a to be determined. That's why it's yeah. not the dumbest question ever, no. because we don't know. This question was asked yeah. not just in New England, but all over the United States of America after Brady led the uh, Patriots to their Super Bowl, and they were still sitting on the guy that they thought was their future quarterback. Remember, they, they, they thought that even though Brady had played well, the question moving forward was, what about Drew Bledsoe? And they asked this question everywhere. I remember it. I was in the media at yeah. the time. And everybody was like, are you kidding me? You go back to Drew Bledsoe. So let, 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 and that let, was all time let, wrong. Let me, let me listen. If we look at a snapshot, okay, it might look like Purdy's doing well. Hell, there's crypto out here too. So, I mean, you can say, hang on to that if you want to. I'm going to play the odds. Watson's got better long-range odds, right? I'm playing the odds here. I'm not playing six games. Right. I'm banking on the fact that Watson's going to be better. Purdy, take Purdy, put him on the Browns. You think the same production comes here? I wish here? we could do that. No. We'd, we'd have an answer. But yeah. if he was on the Browns, listen, Brad, we, you could sign every free agent you ever here's the here's the Kobe Brissett. Here's the problem. Play great with this team. Here's the problem with that thinking, right? If Watson does what we think he can do, the whole thing is elevated. It is right. It didn't happen this year. That's we're, a massive we're, if. Well, listen, hey, you're banking on something. Historical values here, right? Right. Purdy has no historical values. So let me bring None. The, let me bring the financial piece of this. What, in. what happens? Because if that's Purdy, huge. What happens this weekend when Purdy goes down in flames? Because he's going down in flames. We don't. We're gonna find he's out. Going down do, in flames. By the way, I do think this will be his biggest test. Because <laughs> I tell you, defensively, why, this let, will let, be. If he does it again this week. By the way, let, Brock Purdy, if you if you watch him. Doesn't have a big arm. Let me tell you what. He makes throws. You're going down. Everybody makes throws. You're going down. You're going down in flames now because I've got a week of tape on you. Okay, so there's a game plan for you. Well, every team though has had five weeks, six weeks, four weeks. There's a game plan for you. You really believe? You don't really believe this, right? Uh, No, let's leave out. Listen, for the record, I asked Jay to be my defensive. Yeah, I got you. Yes, he did. And I think the right answer, and we'd all take Watson. But I do think there is a case to be made. No, so here's the deal. I think it's a fascinating discussion. Yeah, at the uh, bar. He asked me yesterday in the gym when I was working out, so I probably wasn't focused. But he asked me, would you take Purdy over Watson? I'm like, hell no. And he said, well, here's the thing. It's a, it's an interesting question, and I do think this is an interesting discussion, and I'm going to try to Because he's played extremely well out of nowhere. Yes. So, yeah. I mean, it's look, no, I'm not taking Brock and, Purdy. And neither am I. For but the record, hand there up, are defense attorneys Watson. that have to defend guys that they know they're guilty, and they have to compile – a body of evidence. They have to build a case. They have to build questions to ask all of the witnesses. So I went to work and I said, okay, let me try to make a case for this guy. Do I believe it? No, but I'm going to do my best to sell it. All right. And here, here's, here's how I would present my case. And I would start with cost. Okay. Because that's a huge piece of this. It is with any NFL team. This season, Deshaun Watson cost the Browns $46 million. That's a fact. He will cost them $45 million guaranteed each of the next four. No player in football has that much money on their guaranteed contract. So that's got to be considered here. Over the next four years, Brock Purdy will cost the 49ers under $4 million. And if Brock Purdy goes down in flames, how long will Brock Purdy be around for Listen, to have this discussion? So here's yeah. what you're asking. <laughs> you're asking is uh, if you're willing to make a 450 or excuse me, a $45 million investment for four years, mm-hmm. that can't be a guess. That's got to be a it's sure a, thing. It has no, to be. First of all, there's no thing out here known as a sure thing, right? No, there you're is playing, not. You're hedging your bets here, yes. right? Yes, and, and, and everybody point, out here Brad, is a bet. You're making my point. Everybody right out here is a bet. I'm betting on that Watson's going to be the guy that I think he yeah, is, th- right? Th- yeah. And, and, and Purdy, I'm betting on the fact that Purdy's going to be who he, the position that he was drafted to even be. Right. He's going to be that even guy. Even the 49ers <laughs> didn't think he was going to be good. Otherwise, they wouldn't have brought Jimmy Garoppolo back. Nor did the Patriots. Think that Tom Brady, but he was, was their be backup. Good. Yeah, but he was. Well, he wasn't third string. They had two. Mm-hmm. They had two quarterbacks on their roster. They did carry a third, but he was there. You say so right, right. Brady was number two. Purdy was, was number three. Yeah, but he was a rookie quarterback drafted one ninety nine behind Tom uh, behind Drew Bledsoe for one Pur- reason to be an insurance Pur- policy. That Pur- was it. Purdy's right, on. but the Niners didn't even want to have Purdy now, as an insurance me, let, policy, let, let, or they wouldn't have brought. Let back me Garoppolo. finish laying out my case. So, yeah. okay. if you're going to bet forty five million dollars on a horse, yeah, you can't think he's going to win. You have to know he's coming 
in first. You have to know that because you're not betting 45 million otherwise. But you don't so know. The you're deal thinking with that Purdy is. No, I get what he's saying. I get what he's saying. With, and the with other thing, Burrow, bro, you'll understand Mahomes, you know, and with Allen, it you is know. a lot easier to win a Super Bowl in the NFL with a quarterback on a rookie contract, provided you have all the other pieces. I'll give you Russell Wilson. Russell, as soon as Russell Wilson got out of his rookie contract, the Seattle Seahawks' success in the playoffs was done. The Eagles, Carson Wentz. Eagles and Carson Wentz. It's happened a lot. That now, wasn't about Car- I mean, Carson Wentz wasn't good. Carson That's Wentz all, yeah. went south, and that killed them too. But yeah, Tom Brady won a plenty of Super Bowls without being on a rookie contract. With yeah. with yeah, no, you, you're going to do so it. But Manning, what I'm saying is, if so you can get the kind of play out of the quarterback position that Brock yeah. Purdy has given this team for one third of a season, and that's yeah. a very small sample size, and your honorable defense attorney here admits that okay. we're dealing with a very small sample size. We're also dealing with a sample size, the same size for Deshaun Watson. I'm taking everything out of what he did before he came oh, to Cleveland. Oh, you can't do that. Yes, you can no, because you, can. you even said his swagger's gone. No, but here, he's but you lost can't, his but swagger. You're betting on a body of work. Yeah. He has a body of work. But I didn't see and that. Hey, who do you think he Kyle Shanahan Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, bull. Yeah. He got a body of work going back to Clemson. All right, he has a body of work. Well, at some point, Carson Wentz has a body of work, and he's going to be out Carson, of football. Where did Carson Wentz come from? Carson Wentz was an MVP until he where got hurt. Where did he come from? That doesn't, what does that matter? Uh, Carson about Wentz body played work. like an MVP for <laughs> A body weeks. of work. <laughs> no. Deshaun Watson's played at an MVP level his entire time in, in Houston. Oh, that is not true. That is true. No, that is absolutely not true. That's completely not true. true. He, he played at an MVP level yes. each of his seasons. In yes. Houston. That's not true, Bull. He played... He pl- okay. He, he played had one a, season he where he, a, I'll say he played at a Pro Bowl level in all his time in Houston. Was he a Pro Bowler every year? He wasn't. He played at a Pro Bowl level. Joe Burrow wasn't. But, but he, a, let me ask you this: Was Joe Burrow? Here's pro, the thing. Joe, Bill, hold on. Was Joe Burrow? Did Joe Burrow play like a Pro Bowler last year? Yes. He, he didn't did. get make the Pro Bowl. Somewhere. No, I know. He has three Pro Bowls. But here's here's the point that three, I'm trying and to and make here. He only here. played three full seasons. Here, here's the point I'm trying to make here. In vain. Come yeah. on. Uh, <laughs> I'm. Basically asking myself, which is the better bet? Under a million a year for production that, at least in this small sample size, is clearly better. You're being. And by the way, yeah. we do have a playoff game, and I expected. I even I, I was pretty bold in saying this to some buddies of mine who are friends of the Niners. I said your team's run ends against Seattle because your quarterback's going to choke. It's the playoffs. Let me ask you a question. And Seattle's Seattle's not really a let, me, let, me, let me ask you a they question. They have a good defense. Let me ask Seattle you a question. Because everything you leave, everything you leave no, with. No, it's not. Horrible. Every, they they played very it. well. Jay, I thought they did very well Sunday. They, they could have won the game. But their defense has been horrible. For Jay, everything you leave with is about the money. Take the money out of it. I can't. No, I have to. No, I I'm no, asking, you can't. Okay. Asking, no, 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 no. You're asking me a hypothetical. I'm asking you to take the money out of it. But the reason you can't. Take the money out of it and tell me which one. If you take the money out of it, you're leaving the biggest factor out yeah, of the equation. You and ultimately, you, you don't do make that. decisions on quarterbacks based on money. Sometimes you do. Yeah, you do. Not always, but Lo- here's what you don't, Bull. <laughs> you make a good point in this. Yeah. If you if you know you have your guy, right. you write the check. So what's your what's your percentage chance that Watson gets back to, to a Pro Bowl level? Percentage chance. It it went down after seeing him in six games this okay, past so what's year. Your, what, he what asked you, you for a number. Chance? I before I ever saw him play, I I stop, this year, stop, yeah, this stop, year, stop I felt there was probably an eighty percent chance he would be named to at least one Pro Bowl. Okay. Yeah. After watching him play this year, I'd say that's bumped down to a sixty. But not naming chance. to a Pro Bowl because you got Burrow and Allen and whatever, so it's not going to be easy every year. But playing at that level where you could be in the Pro Bowl, you'd still say those. I'll numbers? tell you this. Yeah. I, let's just say this: the odds that he returns to the play that he had when he won four games in his last year right. with, with Houston, when he personally had huge numbers, right. but the team had no success. The chance the of him no getting back to that level, yeah. for me, went down pretty significantly so over what, the last so what year. number? I'd say maybe it was 85% before, yeah. and maybe it's 65% now. And the reason I have major concerns now about it yeah. is because I the, the piece that you talked about, Every great player has that edge, that swagger that they walk onto the field with. Brady lost that this year. And I we took we saw him take a step back in the things he can do physically, yeah. but I also think a part of what was missing from Tom Brady this year, and he even admitted this in his podcast on Monday. He admitted that one of the things that he was not in touch with this year 
was that I'm the greatest ever to do it. Right, right. He lost touch of that. So for and me, I think our yeah. guy has too, and you for, even said he has. Well, for here, me, let, let, guys, for me, it was 99% coming into come this back year. To me on this. And now it's lower. It's yeah. probably like 80, but it's still Wait, 85. Wait, it was 90, still, what was it? 99. Wow. Uh, it must have been for the Browns too. Absolutely. Now, I'm factoring but in. to that, me, the odds of Purdy ever playing at a Pro Bowl level for a season is like, Five percent. So, so let me let me let me let me say this. But boy. you're only paying him less than a million yeah, a year. So I know, but I'm not. I think there's almost no chance of him ever being a Pro Bowler, and I can't win. All right. I'm not. And I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Apologize. I'm not motivated by the money, right? I'm motivated by what I think in the long run is going to be the best for the for the organization. I think if I had the choice between the two, I'm taking Watson. I'm gonna bet on that. The other thing I talk about, you talk about Tom Brady. Let me tell you what what happened to Tom Brady. Tom Brady get our podcast and talk about. I didn't have this. Let me tell you what the problem with Tom Brady is. He's old. He admitted that. He's old. Of course. Let me tell you something. Father. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Time has won every race. It's undefeated. Nobody here has survived. And I think everybody agrees that this is the year that we physically saw him get old. This is it. At the same time, when you look at his numbers for the year... They were ridiculous. Yeah, but, but I told you, I told you last week when we were talking about, I said he played like garbage or what he played the other day, like garbage, right? Because the window has closed for Tom. Right. But I think the, the great Tom one, knows that the, too. The, no, no. The great ones are the, only, the last to learn it. Yeah, but Tom, <laughs> the, know, Tom the, knows. Because the great ones in their mind he, are like this. I'm still great. Tom is verbalized. No, you're not. Tom, you're not great Tom, anymore. Tom, Tom I don't think he's that garbage, he, though. Oh, no, he's, he's not, bad. He's oh, he's not bad. garbage. Oh, he's bad. Brad, here's what he was. He's bad. I've never seen a team throw the ball 66 times in one game. He's bad. They telegraphed to the to the opposition, which is yeah. why they fired their offensive coordinator, why they lost to the Browns. They could have beat the Browns if they just kept the ball on the ground. They they refused to do yeah, it. Yeah. Tom, well. They lost in the playoffs for one simple reason. What's that? They told the Cowboys, oh, we're not running. I still think, we're Tom, throwing the ball I still every think down. Tom Brady could be adequate on a, in a better situation. Let me tell you something. But we'll adequate. find out next year. I don't yeah. think he's going to come People back to Tampa here, Bay. I look when you see Brady, you do like this. You're looking for the Brady that you knew. He's done. No, that, I'm, that, not. That, no that, I'm not. That, that, that I'm not either. I never liked. No, I never liked. If you're that looking Brady for the Brady we knew, you're wildly that, that kidding Brady yourself. Is done. Brad, I've no. never liked Tom Brady. Look, I'm, I'm not talking about you. I'm not talking about you guys. But I'm saying, I'm saying, like I, I root against him. I've always rooted against him. I've never wanted him to win. But I, I still got to recognize, like he didn't. He clearly wasn't the same player. But he was clearly asked to throw the ball this year an absurd amount of time. To ask the oldest quarterback in the league to throw the ball more than any Bull. other quarterback. Their run-pass ratio was the most Bull. out of whack yeah. we've Bull. ever seen. He wanted to throw the ball. Well, the, uh, and he, that's fair. He, There's he probably think, some he, of that, too. He thinks, he's, he thinks yeah. he's still great. You can't throw it 66 times. <laughs> Can if he you reinvent throw it himself for one more year? Man, It'll no. be interesting to see Absolutely if the not. rumors are true. <laughs> I don't know I spend no money on it. He gets with... You know, I, I don't even know if he's going to come back and coach. We don't know yet. But yeah. if Sean Payton does come back and Brady decides to hook up with Sean Payton, I think that mm. is one of the things that we have said. Well, we're going to have to watch that with you, great you, interest. You can bring Sean, you can bring Brady back with with uh um uh, who was the coach of Green Bay back in the day? Um, the great coach Holmgren. Uh, oh. No, uh, uh, Oh my God! Uh, oh, Bart Starr. No, or, I mean uh, uh, Vince Lombardi. Yeah, yeah. yeah but Vince Lombardi coached a different game. Here, let me, here, what about here, Paul here. Brown? Paul Brown could still get the best out of Tom Brady. Now, Jay, you remember Mike this. Brown. Jay, you remember this? What did Jordan look like at the end? He was bad. How bad? Yeah, but you know how what? Scored how, twenty points how, a game. How, how but he was still an adequate yeah, NBA but, player but for his level. It was right. bad. He was but that's what? all I'm saying. He was for bad. him, he was right. But I'm saying for Brock Purdy, he good. What were uh, Brady's <laughs> touchdown to interception? He threw for 4,800 yards. 28 to nine or something like that. Yeah, Still that's damn not, good, man. No, that's great. Man, he couldn't get the Tampa Bay Buccaneers moving the other for day. For him, that's not great. Say. No, but for anybody else, I'm yeah. going to take that. The yardage numbers are skewed by the amount of times he threw the ball. But it was 25 to nine. Excuse me. Here's what we'll find out, and because history, all you know, the future will will determine this argument one way or another. Okay. If 
The, uh, to me, and I've said this all along, I said this before they made the trade when it was in the works. Fine with the trade. I wouldn't do it. Fine with the trade to bring Watson here. But it is only a success if, if he wins works. a Super Bowl, period. You period, full stop. You, I'll give you credit. You said, that, you said that from the beginning. And I'm going to stick to yeah, that. You said it from the beginning. It is an all-in move, and all-in isn't finishing second yeah, in the yeah, Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. All-in no, is winning true. the Super Bowl. So, if Deshaun Watson brings the Super Bowl to Cleveland, all of this becomes six, white noise. Six games is not a work in progress. Now, what if Purdy I mean, does I mean, go on, and I, don't, yeah. I think they're going to lose this weekend to last Dallas. Point, last point. But what if Purdy wins the Super Bowl this year? But he's not. He may but not, if, but, but if he, if he right does, now there's eight quarterbacks does, that can say they have a chance but if he's he, in But there. if he does, the country will say he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. That's right. That's what and they do. But the last, <laughs> thing I, the last thing I'll say, quick point, is that I think there's a difference between um, – the trade, what did you say? The trade is a win only if he wins. What's the exact words you use? A success. The trade's a success if he wins a Super Bowl. Yes, I agree with that. However, if he's great for the next 10 years for the Browns, and they're consistently in the playoffs, let me finish my point, consistently in the playoffs, but don't ultimately win a Super Bowl, you could say the trade was not a success, but you could also say, I understand why they did it. It made sense that they did it. It wasn't, it wasn't a mistake. It's a mistake if they suck, if he's never the same player. Okay, let me change my, I'll, I'll change my thesis then. Yeah. Based point. on your point, because it ain't happening. <laughs> if Deshaun Watson is the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns in 2033, yeah. this trade was a success. Super Bowl yes. or not, yes. that ain't happening. 2033? That's 10, he said 10, 10 years. years. That's 10 years. Why wouldn't it happen if he if he's plays at a high level? You're projecting him to still play at a high level at 36 years old. Bro. Well, I'm not saying he's going to still be great at 36 years old. If he's still the quarterback here, though, of the Browns, that yeah. means that they've re-signed him to two more contracts. Not not one, two more. Yeah, maybe. If he gets any quarterback that gets three contracts in the city, but you don't think I mean, is successful. Ha- I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm expecting Joe Burrow to play the next 12, 14 years for the Bengals. Fair. He's younger. Yeah, not that much younger, though. What, two and years? And he's one year younger. I'll tell you this, too. His style, the, what makes him great, is sustainable. He's a pocket passer. Yes. So, what he does but is... But Deshaun Watson is, is a pocket passer, too. Deshaun Watson relies on his legs, though. He does. But, and, and, and to, to but bank Deshaun on Watson doesn't run the ball that much. No, but, he, but the threat that he may go makes him better in the pocket. I think you'd agree with that. All right, right guys. But that doesn't... That's not a... St- that doesn't uh, well. So I don't we, know. We gotta, we I, he's got to move on. Ten years. I'm just saying. He's not Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts. Ten years. Lamar Jackson hasn't been in the league ten years. Guys, we got we got to yeah. pivot. We got, we got to move yeah, on. We got to make our picks. We're gonna pivot to bold predictions, and the reason we I think I made a pretty damn good case for not believing in it. You did. 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 Just okay. so you guys know, graphic design is my passion. It's what I went to school for. Oh, I love I Photoshop. You, is I that consider, true? I, I, thought, I consider myself elite at the skill. So I thought that, comedic relief was your ta- your passion. No, not he's not. being sarcastic. Wait till you <laughs> yeah. see my photoshops. Okay, these so are going to be all time bad. A lot of effort into these guys, so we had to get them in. Jay, your bold prediction first. Steve, let's take it full. Yeah, my prediction is I think everybody's rubber stamping. Oh, these are awful. What the hell is that? Oh my god, that's awful. Wow. And what Eagle. is that weird circle on the messed up bird? I don't know how to get it out of Photoshop. <laughs> <laughs> it's stupid. Oh, my God. Uh, is, look, I'm Brock Purdy and Anthony's Deshaun Watson. Who do you want for the next four years? There's yeah, your give, me, taking Watson. Give, give me Anthony. Yeah, uh-huh. my, my uh, bold statement this weekend is I think that the <laughs> Eagles are really going to struggle against the Giants. I don't think that – I think Jalen Hurts is going to be rusty. And I just – Something about watching this Giants team last week. They're they're better than I gave them credit for. I think yeah. I think they've got a puncher's chance, and I think it's going to be interesting. I get that. First game ever where two quarter – first playoff game in the history of the NFL where both quarterbacks rushed for 700 or more yards during the season. Wow. Ever? Ever. My wow. God. Uh, G. Bush is up next. So, G. I'm going to read G's. Let's take it, Steve. Jalen's turnovers – Hurt Eagles and lost to Giants. Oh my God. Nailed it. <laughs> yeah, no question. Oh Mikey, is that you in the Eagles helmet? Uh, no, that's hurt. Oh, okay. I, that, that, that's Jalen. I can I mean, see. You guys can you tell alike. it's a turnover? 
I thought it was, yeah, a, I thought, it was more I, like a taco. I thought it was meat. a taco. I mean, you know what? There was no PNGs of turnovers. I think it's an empanada, but it's close oh. enough. I thought it was like a Choco Taco. <laughs> no, those were great, not, man. Oh, it's a loop. Not a Choco Taco. Stop making those. Uh, Sad. Idiots. <laughs> Bull. You're, Brad, you didn't send us one, so Brad, you just tell us yours. Oh, well, shit. Here. I didn't send you one? You didn't send me one, Oh, no. okay. Well, here. Here's the story, right? So, I've got uh, Eagles taking down the Giants because the Giants are going to do what they do, right? They're going to giant. They're going to giant, <laughs> right? Now, here, they've had a great season. It's yeah. going down in flames because Philadelphia's just built, built better than the Giants right now, right? Yeah. That's what it is. And Daniel Jones, as much as he's getting better, I'm still not a believer that he can't go south on you at any moment. You know, he did something in the playoff game last week that no other NFL quarterback has ever done in a playoff game. Fact. He ran for 300. I saw it. He threw for two. He ran for one, and he had 70 yeah. yards rushing. So that's a, like that's that Again, is a complete yeah. picture of what can win. He played really in today's well. Today's NFL. Yeah. Now here, I, now I, I listen to Saquon. Saquon believes in in Daniel Jones. I I believe yeah. when you get to the playoffs and people have time to really uh, scheme for you, right? They're going to throw you something that you don't expect to, that, that expect coming your way. Mm-hmm. And I think when you do that to a guy like Daniel Jones, you can stymie him just enough to let the Eagles get out on you. Dayball's a good coach, too. Yeah, he, oh, no, nah, he, he's listen. A good he's coach. a great coach. You got mine there, Mike? Yeah, I thought cool. yours was going to be Purdy shocks the world. No, nah, I ain't doing that. Stuns the Cowboys. <laughs> Purdy going, well, home. Purdy going to the Bahamas. Now I'm kind of rooting <laughs> for Purdy this weekend. I mean, the so, Niners are favored. Uh, I'll explain my graphic for Bulls if you guys can't figure yeah. it out. But Bull, without further ado, let's take it, Steve. One eleven. See if we can figure I it mentioned out. Mentioned this from briefly yesterday. What is it? Or all four games will be tight. So, I versus the spread. You'll see in a minute. I picked all four underdogs to cover. Now I think two of the underdogs will win, not all four. But I think we're going to get very close games. I think all four games will be essentially decided at the end. I think we're going to get a magnificent wow. week. Seriously? I hope so. I think they're all going to be the, close. The Chiefs. Even the Chiefs Jaguars. and Jags. I, the Chiefs are too big a favorite. The Jags offense. I think the Bills are too big a favorite. They're six and a half Bills are too big favorite. a favorite also. The Jags, I, I know they were terrible in the first half. And if they play like that again, they're getting smoked. Killed. But I don't expect them, just like I don't play, expect them to play as great as they did in the second half, I don't expect them to play as bad as they did in the first half. Right. The Jaguars offense has been great the second half of the year. Unreal. And the Chiefs' defense is mediocre. Not as good as they've been in yeah. the past year. And so, I think the Jags can hang in there. Ultimately, I, the Chiefs won. But I think all four games, none of these teams will win by more than seven points. None well, of them. So you that mean means we've we, got a great weekend. That means we'll be locked to the TV all day. I think we're going to be locked in. I, I hope I better so. better get your wings and everything together. Right. The worst thing is when you walk away from one of these games because you want them to captivate right. you for three and a half hours. Right. And although know, this year you can't walk away. No, don't walk so away. It was 27 nothing last week. And yeah. I, I said right before halftime, I'm out of this game unless Jacksonville scores a touchdown. Yeah. And my wife, who was half paying attention, goes, well, you think that's going to give them a chance? And I said, no, if Jacksonville scores before halftime, they're going to win. And she was like, what? It's 27 nothing. I go, I know. But we've seen it this year before. Once you're Crazy. at home and you get that momentum, you don't lose it. The other thing with Jacksonville is I was wondering afterwards, how much the jitters of being in the playoffs had to do with that awful first half. And they shook sure. it off at halftime, and they played right. it like any other game. What a finish. Yeah. Mm. Do we have any more headlines, or is that we it? We do. We have uh, – see, let's go to 112. This is Earl's. Earl wanted me to read it. He made one. This might be my masterpiece here. Let's take it, Steve. How about the Bengals, Bengals steamroll bills in <laughs> Buffalo? <laughs> So Anthony, please I like that. I hope he's right. Off. Anthony, please come back. Please. You know what? I think I think the turnover one was pretty good. These graphics were These graphics were awful. Actually, well, that one's so bad it's funny. My my, like was, uh, my graphic was the best. See you what I'm saying? Yeah, because it was not. No, but you're right. The turnover one was not good at all, Mike. Because it looked like a taco. If you had to explain to us that it was a turnover. Well, maybe if you, ate more pas- if you ate more pastries, Bull, you would just know it's a turnover. How about you just Oh, yeah, that's my problem, not eating enough pastries. You know, <laughs> <laughs> How about you find a picture of Jalen Hurts going like this and a football just out of his hands, yeah. you know? Okay. Turnover. Are you really confident, Mikey, as a Giants fan? Do you think the Giants going to win? Oh, he does. I – yeah. The, the way Howard Eskin talked yesterday actually can made me more confident. Uh, you don't right. sound so confident as someone who covers the Eagles about Jalen Hurts being totally healthy. Yeah. If he's actually totally healthy. 
Like that, that seemed like false confidence. If Jalen Hurts is not right physically, then the Giants have a very good shot to win. There's no doubt. I feel pretty good. Uh, we have Evan Damerel joining us now before we give our playoff picks to end the show from Locked on Cavs podcast. What's up, Evan? How you doing this morning? Afternoon. Good, guys. How are you doing? Good, Evan. Uh, thanks for joining us. Let's let's jump right into it. Uh, first of all, do we know yet if Donovan Mitchell is playing this weekend? What, what's the latest on that? So he's listed as questionable tonight against Golden State. He practiced. Uh, we'll he practice yesterday? I wouldn't play him. He did practice in a limited capacity yesterday. I did spot him at shoot around, just going through free throws, talking to teammates, and things like that. So I think that's encouraging if you're the Cavs and if you're a Cavs fan. Period. But. We'll see how it goes. Uh, maybe the Cavs kind of err on the side of caution and bank on the fact that Golden State had to have a dogfight against Boston last night and give Mitchell that additional night off just because groin injuries are so tricky at the end of the day. Like You can feel right for one second, then you just tweak it slightly, and it just feels awful again. So we'll see how it goes, but he is listed as questionable tonight. So I think at this point it's just how is his body feeling when he gets to the arena this evening. So I would say Mitchell would, for me, wouldn't hit the floor for a week, right? It's not, it's not even worth it, right? And so I'm not convinced that that Curry didn't play tonight, right? After a hard game, a close um, loss. Yeah, I, I, listen, I, 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 I got I, Curry on my fantasy team. I need. Well, I hear that. Curry that's, said that's, after the game that, last night, the changes are coming. That that's irrelevant because <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, not that, irrelevant to that, me. That, I tell you I'm that. battling for first place. I, you know, I'm thinking that Curry and I'm not gonna play tonight. I just don't think so. Really? Right? Mm -hmm. Because well, then you, there's no reason to play you, Mitchell. You have you have to you have to start thinking ahead here, right? Yeah, you, you can't have people going down. Now you have people going down. Now it could be for a long period of time. So you look know, at Brad. Brad played in the era where nobody ever said yeah, well, this, this is different now. Well, that's yeah. the way you play it now. That's yeah. the way they do it. You paid you, they paid you for $2 last time. Evan, what uh, uh, let's <laughs> let's just assume for a second that Golden State does play everybody tonight. Uh, they, they I thought they played the Celtics very, very tough last night. In the end, it was a loss. Kerr made made reference after the game that changes are coming. Any idea what what we may see from Golden State tonight, or do you think to Brad's point, is this a night where on you know back to backs on the road you, you rest some guys? I think if you're Golden State, just look at how old and no disrespect to those guys since I'm just entering my 30s myself since they're kind of close to me in age, but Clay Thompson's coming off a nasty knee injury. Draymond Green is up there. Steph Curry is just coming back from injury himself. Like this, I agree with Brad. If you're Golden State, you got to be mindful of not just the game in front of you, but maybe the next few weeks right. leading up to the All-Star break and then allow everyone to kind of feel proper heading into the break and then properly get rest up in that time in February. So I would assume that we'll that they would rest them just just me being logical here, but Golden State hasn't submitted their injury report as of 12:30 today, mm -hmm. so we'll see what happens and who is and isn't available. But Golden State has a lot of key pieces that could deserve some rest, and they also have a lot of young legs that they could just throw out there against Cleveland. Let them get a little bit of experience, right. maybe a little bit of confidence, and then maybe that gives Steve Kerr a proper chance to evaluate what those quote-unquote changes are because. They are an odd team. Golden State is dominant at home, but they are not good on the road. Yeah, they did play Boston well, really, really well last night, actually. But right. maybe this is just an opportunity to rest these guys and then evaluate the rest of your depth chart and then figure out what key changes you want to make leading into and maybe after the All-Star break. All right. You know, Evan, um, we've talked a lot this year about Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland having to develop that chemistry, right? We've seen... It almost seems like they're both a little better when the other guy is not playing. And I guess that's not a surprise because they got to learn to play together. You know, um, you look at the Celtics and their two stars, like it wasn't perfect with those two guys right away. Now they've played together for so long that they know, you know, so like it, in reality, it's probably going to, not that they can't win or have success, which they are, but it's going to, it's gonna for all the people that are like we got to trade this guy. We gotta, no, we got to keep these guys together. Mm -hmm. And in a couple, you know, the Cavs are not winning a championship this year. But hopefully, in two years, three years, those guys have played together. Now they're kind of in sync more, and and that's the development. It's hard to to think about that long term as a fan, but isn't that the reality that it's going to take a long time, not just a few months, for them to really be able to play their best together? Yeah, that, that was always going to be the reality of the situation as soon as you get Donovan Mitchell, who is a guy who succeeds with the ball in his hands. And in Utah, he was the offense for the Jazz. And then you look at Darius Garland, it's pretty similar. Like last season, you saw that explosion from him because he had the ball in his hands and he was creating the offense for everyone. And I think 
right now these two are a little ahead of schedule in terms of just looking comfortable with one another on the floor. I thought it was going to be a lot more of a harder adjustment. I do wonder if maybe Garland going down with that eye injury at the beginning of the season forced the rest of the team to get comfortable with Mitchell. And now it's just a little less wrinkles to iron out at this point. But I agree. I think the Cavs are in a very interesting position where other than Mitchell and I guess Kevin Love, since he does have that NBA Finals experience, this is a very green Cavs roster in terms of just right. playoff experience. And like they have to learn how to get there first and foremost. But it's a tightrope walk that this coaching staff has to balance where they have to focus on player development for guys like Isaac Okoro and especially Evan Mobley, who people are still kind of waiting to make that year two leap offensively, all while maintaining like this winning pace and being one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference and the NBA in general. So it's tough. I think you're starting to see some of the fruits bear a little bit when it comes to just player development working for Cleveland. But I absolutely agree with you, Adam. Like it's going to be not an instant championship. I know fans kind of live in like a micro sense, but you got to look at the macro sense. Like you're going to eventually age out some of these teams. Maybe it's Boston or Milwaukee or especially Miami. And then when your team has that experience and they know what it takes to win, because the playoffs are such a different monster than the regular season, they'll be in a really good spot to maybe contend for a title and also just evaluate what they do and don't have and maybe make the proper adjustments this off season or next off season to figure out, okay, what do we need to take that next step to be a championship team? Hey, Evan, let me ask you this because, you know, I, I, was, I was questionable. Well, not just me, but a lot of people in this town were questionable on Okoro, but I think Okoro over the last month has shown some signs of progress here, right? So I, I, I like what JB's doing and continue the development of him. But what exposed us in the Memphis game, we need another go-to person, right? Because down the stretch of that last second, you see they didn't guard anybody but – but Darius Garland, that's the only person they were concerned with, right? What are you hearing about the Cavaliers and an acquisition of somebody else other than who's on this roster right now? That could I think just, you, be a, just be a threat. I think you absolutely hit the nail on the head. Like the Cavs, especially Sands, Donovan, Mitchell, do lack like a reliable second option. They do kind of try to score and win by committee, which is admirable. But when it's tight clutch situations or if Darius Garland is just facing the majority of the defense, you do need somebody to relieve a bit of that pressure, especially when Mitchell's not out. In terms of names to look at, I know Mark Stein and Chris Fedor mentioned Tim Hardaway Jr. I, I have heard the same. I think Josh Richardson from San Antonio is a name worth watching. Same for Doug McDermott from San Antonio. There's also even guys like Luke Kennard and Robert Covington out in uh, Los Angeles who could be options as well. They may not be like the scoring threat, but they're going to provide you a little bit more of something reliably because, yeah, Isaac Okoro has emerged uh, since the turn of the calendar year. But if you look just in that sense, you're like, great. He's starting to show signs of the player development. You're starting to see signs of this guy was worth a top five pick. But if you look at the entire body of work, you need a little bit more of a larger sample size to comfortably say, yeah, Isaac Okoro is the answer for the Cavs. But the bench production just isn't there for Cleveland right now. I think Kevin Love's thumb injury playing a huge factor in that too is a big part of it. And also Ricky Rubio coming back from injury is just a little tricky for them to navigate as well. So I I think they do need to go look at the trade market and just say like, okay, we definitely need three-point shooting. We definitely need some type of just wing production in general because that's – the biggest flaw in this Cavs roster when they, especially when they gave up Larry Markkinen to get Donovan Mitchell. And I mean, if that's the price you have to pay to get Donovan Mitchell, you obviously pay it, but you do have to kind of recollect and reevaluate things. And I'm pretty sure the Cavs are aware of it and they're waiting to see what they can work with just because they are a little limited in regards of assets after getting Mitchell as well. You would take, you would take those guys you just named over Carmelo Anthony. See, Carmelo would be good as a locker room guy. I just think the defensive questions are there. Like, if you brought him in as, like, to fill that last roster spot, great. And I think that, I mean, shoot, if you're a jersey collector, like, that's a that's a collector's item, of all collector's items, to say the least. But I just think you need a guy who's a little bit younger. Maybe if you're looking at just using these assets, it's somebody that you want to gel with this young core and hopefully build with what you're trying to build long-term. Like, Carmelo could make sense again as like a bench option and maybe he's more of just like a cheaper version of what Kevin Love provides you but it's an interesting thought process because we do have a commenter on Locked on Cavs who says like they should go after Carmelo or they should go look at like Isaiah Thomas or just any type of veteran who's out there and I think maybe they'll broach that topic after the trade deadline when they have 
the roster fluidity to maybe sign a guy, but we'll see what happens. Like Carmelo, that that'd be an interesting name, but I don't know what Carmelo has also been up to since he last hung things up. Yeah, I wonder what he looks like. Yeah. Evan, last thing, let's wrap it up with this. I want to go back to the Memphis game because even it's weird because going into that game, you thought the Cavs had no chance. I mean, you're playing against the hottest team in the NBA, one of the best teams in the NBA. They're, they were 19-2 and two at home going into that game. The Cavs have not been good on the road. The Cavs are without Donovan Mitchell. Everything pointed to not only a Memphis win, but maybe a Memphis blowout. And it looked like it was heading that way. I think they were down 19. And then they played great, make that run late third quarter. I thought Evan Mobley in the fourth quarter of that game was the best I'd ever seen him play. If you, he was great on offense, great on defense, great on the glass. But in the end, they lose it. Yes, one, what Brad mentions, that Darius Garland is the only guy that's a threat. But also, and I've been very, like, supportive of JB, but I thought he made some huge mistakes. Like, how do you leave a timeout in that situation with the, with the five-second call and not setting up a play at the end? How much criticism does JB deserve for the way that game ended? I think the criticism of him and how he handled the late-game situation is definitely fair. I, I agree. Like, the five-second call, those rarely happen like i was surprised the refs called it to begin with and i was more surprised that it happened in the first place but clearly the team is rattled at that point like they they were feeling the pressure of just a very hostile environment like memphis is one of the hardest places to play especially with the team being so hot right now the fan base is super engaged and super loud during this entire process but it's not just that it's even after the free throw or when Steven Adams got the second chance opportunity, even then, if you're bigger staff, you should probably yeah. call a timeout instead of just letting Garland go the full length of the court and heave up a three pointer and draw up some type of play out of the timeout. Because like you said, this Cavs team battled really hard. And I, I right. had that feeling heading into this game, like, okay, there's no Donovan Mitchell. This is not a very good road team. They're going in and playing one of the hottest teams in the NBA. And also one of the best home teams in the NBA and the Grizzlies, like, you, you chalk this one up as a loss. Hopefully it's not frustrating or an absolute blowout. And right. it's more so not the player's fault. It's just JV kind of holding onto a timeout when he should have used it. And I don't know. Like, he, he questioned the foul call on Jared Allen. The league said that was a correct one at the end of the day. Really? And oh. it's it, he does deserve a little bit of criticism for yeah. that, I think. I, I, again, I think Bickerstaff has done a wonderful job yeah. just getting his finger on the pulse of this team and developing these guys and getting them to buy in on what he wants to do. But there's just small moments like that where you're like, oh, man, that stinks. Like, just, it stinks. Because like, you're like, you can always, hindsight's twenty twenty, but it's just hard when you look back at it. And I yeah. think he does deserve some of the criticism for that especially because he got his team ready to play in such a hostile environment. Especially yeah. because that's what separates yeah. winning and losing in yeah. the NBA. Yeah. And yeah. that would have been a win, those, the win of the year. It was, to your point, yeah. going in, I thought it was a white flag game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but when you're in it late and you got a chance to win it, you've got you to you manage that thing like it's a yeah. playoff game. And there yeah, were two it. instances where I was scratching yeah. my head saying, this is what, if, I hope this isn't what we're going to see in the playoffs right. when – you're well, really under that microscope. Well, hopefully, JB's Evan, getting that experience, too. Thanks, Yeah, Evan. Evan, great. Thanks. We appreciate it. And really, I mean, JB's trying to figure this out, too. You know? Yeah. He's, he's trying to you know, go through this and figure it out, and the hope is that, uh, that he will. Thanks, Evan, again, Evan. thanks. Have thanks, a great Evan. weekend. Thanks, Evan. Take care, man. Great weekend. Uh, Mikey, you got some business to take care yeah, of. Yeah, a couple business real quick. We have one super chat today. It's from Halim Youssef. He says, the best argument that can be made for a trade is Denzel Ward. We're deep enough at corner, and he is the most value. Newsom was forced to play out of position last year, signed Sutton from the Steelers to play the slot. So, hmm. interesting way to look at that. Uh, got some memberships to promote hmm. for just $1.99 a month. You become a hmm. part of our starters tier member. That gets you all the custom emojis, loyalty badges, part of our community post where the conversation goes on after the show. For $4.99 a month, less than 5 bucks, less than 60 bucks a year, you get all those starter tier perks, overtime videos, member shout-outs, discount codes for merch. You can text mm -hmm. us. And today on Overtime, we're doing uh, some viewer questions, just some of the ones, a little, little teaser for you guys. Uh, someone wants to know, where's the best pizza in Sandusky? That's for Jay. Hmm. Another one uh, coming. Cameo. They want to know Bulls' top 10 NBA players and also your favorite late-night snack. Why do so they want to know my top 10 NBA Shouldn't they want to know Brad's top 10 I, NBA I'll, I'll, read, I'll read the full <laughs> question, but he, yeah. he literally addressed you. It's from Guitaroman44. Right. Literally says, Bull will top 10. So we're going to get into all that. we got 15 questions we're going to answer in 15 minutes. 15 and 15. And that's our overtime. And that's our overtime today. Wonderful. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that. We're going to do good bet, bad bet real quick. Let's take the standings here. Betting the NFL playoffs. Ooh. Jason took the commanding 5-1 by the way, first place title last week, followed by Brad J. I'm in the mix. In the what the hell are you talking about? By the about? way, I'm unhappy with our standings graphic. We got we to straighten this out. What's wrong with it? We got to be in order. 
Yeah, I do think Jason yeah. should be where I am. Right. And I you should be, be in order. where Tyson Okay, is. if you guys want to bring this up, bring this up with the Deshaun Watson of our graphics team. That's Anthony. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm going to tell Anthony. I'm going to tell Anthony. He's got to straighten it so, up. So, you can <laughs> bring it up with Anthony later. Yeah. Uh, but this, this is the week one wild card standings. Jason just sent in his picks. We have everybody's picks for the next round. Jason just got his picks in? He did just get his picks in, so they are in on time. Wow. Uh, Steve, let's go to the first <laughs> card. Right. I think I, again, I think gave Jay. mine as soon as I saw him. You did. Jay, the total knee-jerk reaction. You're first. Uh, I think the eight and a half is just too many to give. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I think I, you know, something about Jacksonville. Now, as soon as I say that, Kansas City is going to win 33-3. Mm-hmm. Um, if you paid attention to my 1-5 record, just go opposite of all my picks and you're guaranteed to make money. Why? You took Buffalo. Uh, you just I, said there was too many points. I did. The offensive um, line Because the spread that we're giving was 5, right? It's gone up since. Yeah, so, and 6.5 was the last I saw. And I saw 5.5 this morning. I didn't okay, see six I saw 6.5, I think, early yesterday, I, I think. Um that's the issue with trying to send these out earlier. I have to go with change. Buffalo, though, because uh, I still could have picked Cincinnati and taken the points. But you guys can always change, by the way. Buffalo's my pick to win the Super Bowl. Right. Um, I, I, I did pick San Francisco to get to the Super Bowl, but with the three and a half points, I'm picking Dallas. I think if San Francisco wins, it's going to okay. be by a point or two. Okay. So that's my picks. I'm sticking Next to up is Brad. Let's go with it, Mikey. G. Bush took all the favorites, by the way. Uh, Did he here, really? Here's my, here's yes. my pick. I got KC covering against Jacksonville because what you saw in the second half, uh, first half of Jacksonville game, what you're going to see for the entire 60-minute uh, game here. Uh, Philly, I just think Philly's been playing lights out football all year long, and he would have injured Jalen Hurts. I still think they are going to deliver. And for once in my lifetime, I want to bet for the Cowboys. <laughs> You're uh, a Cowboy hater? Uh, I like because they always disappoint. Yeah, I know. They, they always disappoint. I mean, after their Super Bowl run in the 90s, they've <laughs> right. done cricket. nothing. <laughs> nothing. So, but this time, I'm going to roll with Dallas. And then I, 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 will, I will mention this as well. I'm Ohio guy through and through. Joe Burrow is Ohio State Buckeye. Yeah. And I'm not going to bet against Joe Burrow. So, do you think they'll win outright, or you think that just with those five points that they'll, they'll cover? I think they're going to win outright. You do? I do. I think one of the thing is it's going to be a crazy because I expect Hamlin to be at that game, right? And I think I he's going to lead the team out of the tunnel. And I think he leads the team out of the tunnel. I think it's just going to be real quirky after that, right? So, yeah, it's going to take a building that's already in an inferno, right? And it's going to drop a bomb in, right? Right. And that place, I, I, I think the key to Cincinnati, if you win the toss, you absolutely defer yeah. you want to stop buffalo on their first they possession. won't defer They'll take they the won't ball. defer i know they won't but they should Does Cincinnati take the ball first every time not they, every no, time not but every they time. have they're, late in the season and they're but going I, to i just think that here's the disaster scenario for cincinnati hamlin leads them out of the tunnel the crowd goes even more crazy than they already are Buffalo gets the ball first, goes down the field, scores a touchdown. Yeah, so you can get lost. That's going to be tough momentum. You, you to can stop. get lost in the sauce, and then you get lost in the moment. Because I will just tell you, that from the empathetic side, I understand where T. Higgins was coming from. I heard T. Higgins' comment saying, "You know, I'm looking for Hamlin. I want to talk to him. I haven't talked to him. Talk to his yeah, family." Yeah, that's going to be emotional. I'm like, I like, dude, dude, dude. I said, "Don't do it." That's not right now, right? Because that's interesting. You're conflating the two things here, right? I just need you to be focused for this 60 minutes. Here. You know what? I, I hadn't thought of that, but mm. I, Brad, Bull, I think that's very fair. I don't know. I hadn't seen that comment because that so, yeah, might yeah. impact the way he, his human emotion. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I said, as soon as I talk read it, I said, after the game, I, said, I think uh, the Bengals right now. Now, I, I was very confident when. Going down the stretch of the season, I, you know, part of it's a bias, and I try always to not let my biases get in the way, and I usually do a good job, and maybe I'm not right now. I was, I was very convinced that the Bengals were going to win the Super Bowl this year. Now, I don't feel as confident because their offensive – I thought Jonah Williams was going to play. He's not going to play. So they're down three starting offensive linemen. Right. That's the biggest concern. 
But Joe Burrow has consistently shown that he can deal with it. He's shown it time and time again. He is unfazed by getting sacked. And he's shown he can deal with it. The Bengals can get the ball quickly. I think they got the best. I think the Bengals have an edge in skill position talent. And I, I know I'm in the minority on this, but I'll take Joe Burrow over Josh Allen any day of the week. Uh, they're both great, but I would take Burrow. Uh, I, think the, I think without Von Miller, the Bills' defense is still good, but not great. I don't think they're going to be able to. I, I was more worried about the Ravens' pass rush than I was the Bills' uh, in terms of getting the Burrow. Well, without Von Miller, that's And now very they've fair. had a chance to, like, practice all week knowing they're without these linemen and, mm-hmm. and to prepare for it as opposed to when it happens during the game. Right. So, uh, on my board, I got all the underdogs covering. Uh, I don't. I I have the Cowboys and Bengals winning outright. Okay. I do think the Eagles and Chiefs will win. I just don't think either team is going to cover. I because like I said, I think every game is going to be seven points or less. One stat I gave it quickly yesterday. I'll give it again for those who didn't hear it. In their last twenty games that Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow have played together, they've either they've won most of them, but even when they've lost, they have not lost by more than three points. Mm. When the two of them play together, That's crazy. Which is a crazy stat. The last time they this. lost by more than Are three with those two was against the Browns. Are you superstitious? I'm not superstitious. No. Uh, so, so uh, a Niners Bengals Super Bowl wouldn't wouldn't have you a little on edge? No. Okay. No. If the Bengals because both times the Bengals lost prior to the Rams, right? Mm-hmm. Both times that the Bengals, Bengals made lost. the Super Bowl, but they lost to the 49ers. In both of those Super Bowls, they were massive underdogs and played very well in both of those. They games. did. They were all they all were three close. of them were close. Yes, close, all, close games. They lost to California teams. Yeah. All close. Yes, and uh, I think if the Bengals make it to the Super Bowl, they will win it this year. Because if they beat Buffalo and Kansas City with their offensive oh, line, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't see why, why. Now, listen, San Francisco and Dallas both have one. Well, San Francisco's got more They than both one. have premier pass rushes. Better pass rushes than Buffalo and Kansas you City. You can make an argument they have two of the best in, in the yeah. NFL. Right, but I don't think any of those teams as a whole – like, there's no way I'm – if somehow the Niners got to the Super Bowl or whatever, like, I'm not taking any of those quarterbacks to beat Joe Burrow. Matthew Stafford's yeah. one thing. I'm not taking Brock Purdy or Dak Prescott Daniel or, Jones? or Daniel Jones to beat uh, – the. oh, trust me, I hope it's the Giants. Well, what about Jalen Hurts? No, nah, not Jalen Hurts either. I wouldn't. Yeah. I, yes. would, I would actually think the – from a defensive standpoint, the team I'd least want to play in the Super Bowl would be the Niners. I would, and it all comes back to Brock Purdy. Yeah, I would. It all comes back to Brock Purdy. No, I don't think they'll get no, there. No, it doesn't. Oh, is, is that all? Anyway, picks? I think it's going to be a great that weekend is. of football. I can't yeah, see. I do too. Time for final takes. Anybody got one? Well, uh, no, I don't. I forgot. Yeah. We haven't been doing final takes. We did it yesterday. And in, Mike did, in Mike's defense, he said before the show we were doing final takes. Right. And so I don't have one at the moment, but I'm going to try to get one if somebody else wants to start. All right. You want to start, Brad? No, go ahead, Jay. I'll start with uh, favorite weekends of the year. Okay. Uh, and the reason I'm using that is because this is my favorite sports weekend of the year, even more than the Super Bowl, even more than like New Year's Day. If it lands, if it lands on a on a weekend, I love this round because there's eight left. You've got eight left. They're the best eight. At least that's what the playoffs have told us so far. And you tend to get really great games at this level that are close, they mean a lot. The reason they mean a lot is that means there's just one untaken step left after this weekend to get to the Super Bowl. And typically, we see all-time great performances, whether it's going to be Patrick Mahomes or maybe it's going to be your guy, Joe Burrow. Someone's going to step up and have an all-time great effort. And that's what sports is all about. You uh, to, to make it a great sports weekend, it has to consume the weekend. And the way these games are scheduled and the way they're laid out, each day we're going to have eight hours between pregame and in-between game and postgame, eight hours each day, Saturday and Sunday, to get us to the Final Four. After this weekend, to me, you get two games next weekend, and then two weeks after that, you get one weekend. So there's... The best three games will still be out there for us. But for my money, the best four on any one weekend happen this weekend. So enjoy it. Have a good time. And if you're betting, bet responsibly. Bet what you're prepared to lose. And you'll be all right. 
All right, good, good call. Let me go. Let me go to my final take. Uh, let me tell you what I'm excited for. Uh, obviously, good football weekend. I'm, you know, I'm a women's college basketball fan, but what I was excited for this week. I'm excited for baseball here in Cleveland. Wow. And let me tell you like why. It. The re revisions and re uh, renovations that are coming to Progressive Field are have will make this facility one that's enjoyable by all fans. Whether you're a casual fan person who don't want to sit there for nine innings, but maybe want to only watch three and mm -hmm. be entertained by your friends and everything downtown. It is, I mean, I, if you have not seen it, go to the Guardians website uh, and see what uh, renovations are coming to Progressive Field. I will just tell you this, that what they're proposing to be done in a two-year time frame is miraculous. It is, I think it takes us into the next uh, 25, 30 years I think that for the fan experience, for whether you're a young child or the uh, the most uh, adamant fan about baseball, I think there's something there for everybody. Sometimes I, I, I hate when franchises lose their way. Your connectivity between the fan base and the team is what is most paramount here. And the, the Guardians have made the step along with the city of Cleveland and Cuyahoga County to put the facility in place to make this a world-class facility. I was, I was taken aback by, these are like the original locker rooms of the teams back from the 90s. Mm -hmm. 30 so if, years old. So if you can imagine how old and tired the place is, it does not attract new people. If people come to visit your, your, your franchise or you're recruiting them, they're not coming because it says something about your team. You won't make the investments in the team. So we're now we're making the investments. I'm hoping that it pays off. And kudos to the Guardians for not only doing the project, they're trying to make it all inclusive to include minorities, small business enterprises, all kind of people to have a piece of the pie to put this facility in the first class place here in the county and Cleveland. So kudos to the Guardians. Keep, keep doing what you're doing. People are often scared or get angry about things they don't understand or people they haven't been around. Right? If you grew up in a community where everybody is a white Christian male and then you meet a black person for the first time or a Jewish person for the first time, you might be like, whoa, is that person different? What's with them? I don't know. Right? But I think a lot of people try to be like, well, let me get to know this person who's different than I am. And then maybe we realize there are not that, as many differences as we thought they'd be. Well, this is also the case when it comes to the gay community and the trans community. You know, Tony Dungy is often lauded for being this nice guy. Well, Tony Dungy has once again shown his homophobia and bigotry. And it's, and it's way too, it, it just gets passed over because it's, not a, it, it's a community that doesn't have as many people out there fighting for them. And, and you know, sometimes we, I get it. Um, you grew up a certain way, and maybe you don't understand why does this person feel that way? I'm confused by the whole thing. Okay, that's fine if you're confused. It doesn't mean you have to hate on somebody or treat them poorly just because you don't get it. We all There's plenty of things in our life we don't get, but be open-minded and listen to certain people the way they feel certain ways. I got, I'm not a religious person. I, when I bring up my Judaism, it's more about my culture and my my. In a, in a way, my race, that's how I feel of it, than my religion. I'm not a religious person. But I have no problem with people that are religious at all. As long as I'm not forcing my beliefs on you, don't force your beliefs on me. But I'll say this. There's no religion, including Christianity and Judaism, that teaches to hate other people. I may not be the authority on Jesus, but I know that Jesus wanted to love his fellow person, not hate not discriminate. So don't bastardize religion for your hatred. Thank you. What what an instant uh, what are you talking about? Tony Dungy once again, he's made anti-gay comments before and he he retweeted uh, some joke that was made about the trans community about people putting I didn't want to say what it was because it was just, just yeah, ridiculous, I didn't, I didn't inappropriate. I mean, I, the reason he I tweeted thought, it, then he deleted it, and you know whatever. The reason Tony was in the news, as far as I knew, was that yeah. he said he was going to attend the pro-life rally, and there were a lot of people that came down on him 
got one minute uh, left, guys. In the Just way, say. I mean, hateful things that they were saying about him for that. I, I know Tony. I would defend Tony on just about any front. I've known Tony for a long time. I find him to be. It's not acceptable to be. I just, I, I've hater. never seen him outwardly hate on anybody. Well, so he's I, made I must have missed that. Gay comments I'm, before. I, I, I must have missed that. Yeah. Um, I do know that there's another episode right now going on in the sports world where a player for the Flyers refused to wear the yeah. rainbow jersey for the pre-skate right. and is, was getting eviscerated for not supporting the gay community. And I, I heard a gay person yesterday say, I don't expect him to support it if it's not what he wants to do. And I can't hate on him if that's what his choice is. Right. I probably wouldn't support a heterosexual thing if someone made it mandatory for me to do that either. So that's uh, a, a discussion, a much larger discussion for another time. Uh, overtime's coming up next. 15 questions in 15 minutes. See you there. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.